What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Crypto Cronies. Today, we're going to be talking about how Texas shelled out $31.7 million during the recent heat wave. Um, Ripple just acquired its second crypto infrastructure. And we're also going to be talking about how a Turkish crypto boss was just sentenced 11,000 years in prison. Um, and before we get into that, let's hear the numbers from Alex. Where are we at today? This morning, we are sitting at... Bitcoin, 26,104, and then uh, Ethereum is around 1,600 US dollars. So Bitcoin a little bit up since last week uh, when we talked, and then Ethereum is kind of hovering. I was going to say, Ethereum's been kind of hovering on the low end for a little bit recently, hasn't it? Well, it's a crypto winter, so everything's been hanging around the low end. So great buying opportunities, everybody. And before we get into it, when is the happening actually happening? The Bitcoin happening is happening around uh, April of next year, so April of 2024. Okay, so bye, bye, bye before that. Yes. Great. All right, so who wants to get started? Do we want to go into Ripple, or do we want to go into Texas first? What do you think, Alex? Ripple us away. Yeah, let's go. So good morning, everyone. Ripple is expanding beyond payments with acquisition of crypto startup Folters Trust. And I mean, this was announced, uh, they announced the acquisition of this, the fortress, uh, is this is the second one they had acquired Medico earlier this year and fortress rod is basically a specialist in crypto infrastructure. So the deal is going to give ripple a license in Nevada as well, allow it to expand beyond its core blockchain enabled payment business. So ripple is more payments, right? And what they're looking for is to expand and I think. We got to talk a little bit about the, what could be in play, what the strategy is after this acquisition. So what we're thinking is, um, interesting part about here is Fortress Trust, which aims to help large enterprises interact with digital currencies, also was founded by Scott Purcell, who has previously served as a CEO and founder of the Crypto Custodian Prime Trust. And, and that's a very interesting player, I'll say, from this story. Uh, Ripple is known for its uh, basically role in cross-border payments and uses a blockchain-based messaging system, which is really cool. And Ripple, remember, also uses XRP, uh, the cryptocurrency, um, its own significant portion of um, cross-border payments. Ripple also has faced legal challenges in recent years, um, coming just setting up as a context, the big win we saw in a couple of months ago, where the SEC basically lost the ruling the judge uh, basically ruled that xrp is not a security so it was a big win for ripple it was a big win for the crypto um space overall and that was um, basically kind of one of the things that was holding xrp back this whole entire time during the crypto boom if i'm correct one of them correct yeah after that win i think we got partial wins partial wins for the sac partial wins for for crypto in general but i think it's laying out the foundation for a little more in-depth regulation. But for this one in specific, for this acquisition, let's talk about a couple of things. Let's talk about what's in play, right? From business strategy. Like I said, Ripple is known for cross-border payments that use the blockchain-based messaging system uh, for quick, speedy transactions between banks and financial institutions. So what can Fortress bring to the table from the business standpoint? Uh, 
Fortress Trust specializes in crypto infrastructure. So their focus is going to help large enterprises interact with digital currencies. And the acquisition will support Ripple's, let's say, um, existing lines of businesses and improve the customer experience. That's what the basically the framing that Ripple is making on this acquisition. Um, Ripple focuses on helping companies and individual users store their tokens um, securely. So Fortress Trust can help Ripple expand in all their industries, including crypto exchanges, NFT marketplaces, and even real estate. Right. So Fortress is Ripple's second acquisition, like I said, from this year, following the Medico one. So this is not just something that came out of the blue. Now, um, think about licensing of operation. So this is very interesting. Um, the acquisition gives Ripple a license in Nevada and allows it to expand beyond blockchain-enabled payments. The purchase of Fortress gave Ripple a Nevada trust, basically, allowing it to provide regulated services in the U.S. And to note, um, Ripple already holds a New York uh, bid license and any money transmitters licenses across the U.S. and is looking to get an e-money licenses with the Irish Central Bank. So, other than enabling accesses, accesses to other industries within the crypto space, it could be a license play that is benefiting Ripple and it kind of makes sense from this standpoint. Now, like I mentioned earlier, regulatory background. So, Ripple uses XRP, cryptocurrency. It, it owns a significant portion of it. Uh, they use it for cross-border payments. It, but also, Ripple has faced a lawsuit from the SEC alleging that XRP should be considered a security. Now, Ripple sort of partially secure a victory and because the judge ruled that XRP token was not necessarily a security on its face. And now you can think about ETFs, you can think about maybe getting broader access for XRP. And maybe based on this XRP uh, ruling, you can see how they can rule all their cryptocurrencies and other tokens similar way, right? But the most interesting part about this is let's talk about um, Fortress founder, which is a Scott Purcell. I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to see if you're going to include that. I love it. Uh, so <laughs> it has it all. Purcell uh, was also a founder in SEO of Prime Trust, which is a former successful firm in the securities crowdfunding marketplace. Purcell left the company in 2021 to launch um, a new firm called Fortress, which is this one. And Prime Trust was funded at the beginning of online capital formation. So this is dating. Um, a few, a couple of decades, um, if not a few years. And it was one of the most important successful firms in securities crowdfunding marketplace. Now, Prime Trust provided services for various platforms that started offering custody services for digital assets. And in 2021, Purcell left Prime Trust quietly to launch a new firm called Fort Fortress, right? Now, Prime Trust gained a lot of heat from regu regulatory scrutiny in Nevada state and officials. At that time, BitGo wanted to acquire Prime Trust, but Prime Trust gained, gained so much heat from regulatory Nevada that BitGo backed out. After that acquisition was terminated, basically Prime Trust spiraled into a receivership with a banking commissioner FID and later filed Chapter 11 of the main acquisition, which is a bank queue. Now, the first thing Purcell did was to distance himself from Prime Trust when that happened. Um, and from the management team and went on the record to express he was very sad at how they had mishandled the company's finances. 
because based by Purcell, he left the company in really good standing. Uh, and he also denied any involvement in banky bankruptcy uh, filing, which is the spinoff of, of uh, right, correct? Yeah. However, the, here here's the piece, and Alex, and, and I'll let you try it right right away. Oh yeah. The details file in BankQ, which is again the subsidiary of Prime Trust, tell a different story. It tells that bankruptcy plans alleges that the founder and former CEO Scott Purcell mismanaged the company by unlawfully transferring assets to star competitor Fortress NFT Group which is the predecessor of uh, Fortress Trust, right? And Purcell had made the decision to pivot BankQ towards NFT without approval, right? He tried to pivot all this stuff without consulting the board at all and later reversed the decision after Apple limited the NFT-related applications at the time. Now, Purcell, along with the company CTO and general counsel, so his buddies, resigned from BankQ and formed Fortress NFT Group. Now, this is all on the record as well. So BankQ alleges that Purcell transfer employees, trade secrets, intellectual property, and equipment to Fortress. And BankQ also claims that N9 um, advisors, creditor, is an investor in Fortress. BankQ hopes to, um, and and basically they, they stole the funder, right? Which is N9 right. advisors. And BankQ um, is, is legally filing a lawsuit and they hope to record 9 million um, if they win this against Purcell, right? So a lot of digest here, Alex. What? What? Uh, sorry, interrupts you. What? What are you? No, I was. No, I was just gonna say. Yeah, it's so essentially this new company, the Ripple bought, uh, is a huge. They want to extend into, uh, you know, custody and other things that they're not really offering right now. <clears throat> but their CEO had already done that with the previous company, Prime Trust, and just fell flat on his face because um, they were so, custodying a company's uh, crypto assets. I know they they lost like eight million dollars because they. I had a bunch of it in like that Terra USD mm-hmm. um, a while back. So that all just evaporated um, and just amongst the other mishandling of funds that Fede just talked about. And Terra turned out to be a scam, right? It wasn't a scam. It was a, uh, it was an algorithmic based stable coin that I, I think of it like a, you know, how you're splitting your, uh, the guy that spins plates on, on a stick. Yeah. yeah it's like that. And then, uh, their founder Doquan convinced everyone that it would the the plate would never fall. It was perfect, the algorithm, and then yeah. it was not, and all the plates fell really? shattered. And yeah. So if I if I'm correct, Scott Purcell left XRP and Ripple. No, left uh, his original company Prime Trust that invested in Terra USD and had a uh, is filing bankruptcy right now. So this whole entire thing just reeks of conflict of interest. Is that what I'm getting? Uh, it reeks of a of someone who has a bad track record now starting a new company and trying to and prove See, that, that was, he can do it again. But yeah, that was my question about Fortress because we were talking about this, and I was thinking to myself, what's the difference between this company and um, FTX or the Thodex, which is what we're also going to get into when it comes to like just somebody being like oh great i control all this money now peace and then just running off with all these with all these assets i think i think Fortress looks a little bit different right alex because uh it's not just like a custodian of crypto however that i think they do that some quite a bit they expanded more of nfts and infrastructure so they're now just keeping everyone's crypto like a coinbase would right so i don't think they can just lock down and just leave um I'm not aware that Fortress Trust has their own token, right? Ripple does. 
sort of. Um, but what we try to talk about here is that is an interesting acquisition from from Ripple standpoint because you can see how makes sense business wise, makes sense licensing wise. Now uh, and after they they lost they won partially won, then they're pretty much executing on all acquisition strategies and, and growing. This is very interesting to follow Ripple. But they acquired also a funky character, right? Is this person that bail on their original firm and as soon as he left the company just came to crumbles which as a ceo and founder maybe he was hiding a lot of the things shady stuff and when he left it was impossible to contain and then it's gone right and you read the chapter 11 by the company after he left and they're blaming him for a lot of the failures of the company but he, he went said it was because he's saying that it was because everybody else mismanaged the money correct that's his claim but it and, was really I mean, just him um, potentially, and that's that's kind of allegedly, like allegedly. allegedly. Say, say it again. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I like the legal side of things. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Um, what I would just recommend is it's exciting. If, let's say if you're you holder XRP or you're a fan of Ripple and what they do, and I think it's exciting to see that they're executing to a acquisition strategy. They're making moves. It's very interesting to see. Now I'll be cautious because now you think about it. I hold XRP. Let's say I do. I don't. But let's say I do, and I see this growing pattern, I'm excited. XRP uh, already have gains after this announcement, of course. You're making money, you're biased, you're hoping that, no, this makes total sense. Um, bottom line is, I'll be cautious. I'll remain cautious, because the drama follows Scott Purcell, my star following Ripple. And the mismanagement surrounding the failed pivot to NFTs and the alleged unlawful transfer of corporate assets to a competitor has raised basically concerns about executive accountability and something that I, I believe in this has been, I'm a huge fan of, of crypto, but this is a critique that I do with the space is like a fiduciary responsibilities, right? Um, and this is like another instance that could, if we keep an eye on this and we will in our, in our pod, it's another instance that highlights the importance of transparency and proper governance in the crypto industry. So very interesting to see where this goes. Hmm. Hope it doesn't go south. And it's, uh, in answer, in answer, question, John, uh, about how they can't just like up and run away like FTX. I think I think regulators have learned from all the FTX and Celsius network and uh, all the companies kind of imploded. Uh, so I think I think there's going to be a new like a uh, a proof of reserves, um, mm -hmm. that they're going to have to report if they want to do business with U.S. customers. Um, so I mean that that's my guess. I think there's going to be regulatory mm -hmm. framework about. Uh, reporting and so, so like if you want to act like a bank, then you need to sort of show the same proof that banks exactly. Like there's a company called Circle that's that does like the U.S. dollar coin, like the the stable coins, and they and so for every dollar that's a U.S. dollar coin, they have a a dollar set away in a an account somewhere, so and they can prove it at any point in time. Well, yeah. so they yeah they can back it. Yeah, it's not an algorithmic based stable coin like Terra USD was. Well, okay. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Good move by Ripple. Hope it all works out. Uh, Alex, you want to take us away on what happened in Texas recently? Yes. Recently, Texas paid Bitcoin miner Riot Platforms, formerly known as Riot Blockchain, $31.7 million to shut down their operations during Heat Wave in August. Now, uh, before you get into yeah. that, if there's people who are listening and they've have listened to a, one of our podcasts in the past. I don't remember exactly which one, 
but we we spent at least like 10 to 15 minutes talking about riot and looking at their you could just google them and facility. google images and the facility is basically like area 51 2.0 the thing is huge it's got hangers everywhere it looks like a small town actually like a and like a large all mining town. yeah yeah it's it's massive mm-hmm. so, it's, okay. it's probably the most it's probably the most famous mining crypto mining site in the world um it's huge. how and they're just so cutting edge with with uh their energy and innovation and and i mean i like you're going to see in the article and they're they're dealing with energy and uh receiving tax credits from the texas government mm-hmm. but yeah yeah they're 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 on a whole nother level so why'd they pay him so much money well uh so they raked riot platforms raked in 31.7 million in energy credits from Texas Power Grid operator ERCOT, uh, which stands for Electric Re- Reliability Council of Texas. Um, and they're kind of the gatekeeper of of uh, energy usage in the state of Texas. Now, is this a private uh, structure? Yeah. So this is, this is uh, oh, the ERCOT is a, I think it's a government entity. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and so... ERCOT has a uh, simple mutual, mutually beneficial relationship with Bitcoin miners, which is why you see in the news Texas is passing so many, so many laws, um, giving tax incentives or to move Bitcoin crypto mining to Texas. Um, so they have uh, what's called a demand response program, which pays crypto miners to reduce the, their power so that uh, they don't overstress the grid uh, during periods of high demand. So in August. It was a massive heat wave. People need, need to turn on their air conditioners, and uh, that spikes the electrical usage. And so during those times, they uh, ask crypto miners to turn off their miners and so they can reallocate that energy toward uh, the cities that are now turning on all their air conditioners to cool off from all the heat. And, con- and, and, and in winter, uh, conversely, they turn on their heaters and increase energy uses that way and um same incentive exists because back in 2021 i think it's 2021 uh texas has like a notoriously terrible energy grid mm-hmm. um they had a bunch of uh blackouts from uh the winter weather um and took like weeks to get everything back online um but no so the the crypto miners help strengthen the grid um because they're putting all this infrastructure in place and have the ability to switch off their miners and reallocate energy elsewhere when it's needed. So it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I remember that, that blackout that happened in 2021. It was crazy because, uh, I have a bunch of friends who live down the area, like Austin area. Um, they weren't affected as much because Austin didn't have that big of an issue as such as it's a big city, but they kept posting like resource links and all these other things where it's like donate here because these people and all these families and all these other people are struggling because they don't have heat um, and I was thinking to myself, like, what's the big deal? It's, it's like 40 degrees. It's 33 degrees. It's 30 degrees. Like, what's the big deal? And then I remembered like, oh, these people don't have a basement full of blankets and winter jackets and other things because they just live in heat 24 seven. Yeah. In Texas. Right. And they were like, yeah, like the, some, you know, your heat goes down in your house and your pipes freeze. Like we don't even have heaters here like to put up against our walls and you know yeah wow that would actually be that would be terrible 
So it's pretty cool that, um, you know, the Bitcoin um, industry is building up that grid because it seems like they really needed that. Yeah. And it's, it shows like the, the pro, the pro side of, uh, the war on energy and Bitcoin usage or Bitcoin energy usage. Yeah. And, and kind of debunk some of the myths that it's just all terrible, but there's a lot of pros to it. Um, but something interesting. So the, so they received $31.7 million in the month of August or for their turn off their operations in the month of August. If they were just kept mining, they would have received roughly like 333 Bitcoin, um, according to this article, which is worth about $8.9 million as of the end of the So so they cashed. Yeah. So the, yeah, the opportunity cost they hit a home run with. So do you think um, they dumped all that 31.7 million back into the crypto market? Bought Bitcoin. (laughs) I mean, if you think Who about knows? it, like if you think about it, they're buying it, so they're not mining it, so they also saved on it. So that's just basically doubling their profits. But yeah, exactly. They're like, this is a home run. Yeah, we should turn our energy. We should turn it off more often. Extra <laughs> Yeah. Um, but let's see, yeah. So they they continue to pass more legislation. They they try to shut down Bitcoin mining in Texas, but that ultimately got shut down uh in the senate but um so there's another company called marathon that's a competitor of riot platforms um and one of their executives fred teal had told uh cnbc from this as they know in this article that the so these are called energy curtailments when they ask you to turn off the energy energy um so typically a a typical curtailment happens about three percent of the time in the course of a year which comes out to about five to ten hours a month um and even that the the credits we receive from that ultimately make it worth their while um so while this is like a very it sounds like Riot had to go went above that three percent but um they definitely are compensated for it yeah interesting well i know we could talk forever about about riot and stuff but we're on a time crunch here um yeah we can move on to the Turkish crypto boss. Uh, yes, yeah, with yep too. It's so funny because the last one we were talking about the all the articles are just like, oh, there's somebody successful in crypto that had a failure. They're either a crypto boss or a crypto bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, this guy's name was Farouk Faith Ozer. He was uh, running a crypto exchange called Thodex, I believe, T H O D E X, and it imploded in 2021. He was sentenced to 11,196 years in prison. Um, now, I'm not quite sure exactly when this sentence came out, but it's just now hitting the news every everywhere. It says verdict late Thursday, so I assume that that was last week. Um, this, this took place in Istanbul. He was running a company <clears throat> that was uh, valued at $2 billion. Um, and Ooh. yeah. Uh, and then he just took it and ran. There was an estimate of 356 million liras, um, 13 million. I'm not quite sure what a lira is, but it's the local currency there. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. But yeah, basically he took off and ran and they found him and they gave him 11,196 years. So. Seems overkill. Yeah, I was gonna I mean, say. First of all, 
the sentence too low. Yeah, too low, too low. Uh, Double it. Well, that's what the first thing I read when I when I thought when I read that I thought I was like silly judge. People don't live that long. What do you? Right. Do? Yeah, don't you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just say fifteen thousand at that point? You know, like yeah, we're going eleven thousand one hundred ninety six. Like that's just got to be your favorite number. Or something. Where did that number come from? Oddly specific. Oddly specific. Um. Yeah, but what one of the things that Ozair said in the past uh, that really pissed everybody off was, um, "I'm smart enough to lead any institution on Earth." Um, and he established the, this company at the age of 22. So, you know, people are already yeah. realizing that this guy might have been a little too too arrogant smart. to do all this. A little, yeah. a little narcissistic. Yeah. yeah. But he looks really pissed off at all the mugshots and all the, all the, you know. The, I really hear it. I mean, what are the chances he can, get, he can get out of it? So I think sometimes yeah. I don't understand legal systems. I barely understand the one here. Um <laughs> So I don't know if like there's any chance for him to kind of like, get out of, get away with it uh, under the table or something like that. Maybe get a reduced sentence. Um, but definitely, I, it seems like I want to make an example of of the guy somehow. Yeah, hopefully he can get that sentence down to five thousand years. Yeah, that'd be a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Well behaved. But, yeah, SBF is looking yeah. at it. SBF's looking at this eleven thousand year sentence, like shaking, like oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, I guess mine won't be that bad. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's yeah. That's it for me with my short little article of one of the crypto bro takedowns. Yeah. Crypto boss takedowns. Crypto boss. There, this could be a section, John. The, the <laughs> crypto boss takedowns. Crypto bosses. I love it. I really do. Take takedown of the month. Yeah. The I guess of the month. My yeah. biggest day is going to be SBF sentencing, and I'll be like, do I have a story for y'all? <laughs> <laughs> do the live stream. Yeah. But, all right, we're at 26 minutes now. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what's in the news. Hopefully the numbers will be up next week, and we'll see what's up. Fingers crossed. All right, boys. All right, yeah. see you, everyone. One, two, three.